Here's a place where all of us can be safe. Our stories of transformation can be safe, and all the things we want to research are safe here. This is Safe Space with Cheyenne. I'm really excited you're here, and I hope you stick around for a while, because I've got a lot to show you before I leave Earth. I love you guys. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to this very special information episode we have decided to bring you on Claire Senses. I was figuring out who I could soundboard with on this and I ultimately had, I mean, there's so many people that I was like, I could do this episode with them or them, but I was like, I have a metaphysical ambassador in my back pocket that I've known from the beginning of my awakening experiences. Her name is Chantel. You might recognize her if you listen to my older podcast called Spiritual Smorgasbord. She came on and gave a hell of a rundown on how to overcome all of your traumas. But today she comes on to discuss Claire senses and many of the blocks that we have. What are Claire senses? Do I have them? Am I capable? We kind of get rid of the whole Hollywood S theme about how you know, like it's generationally passed down. It is generationally passed down to some. And if you are lucky to have the veil open generation after generation, you know, I wish I was one of you, right? Because I came into quite the dick punch of an awakening to find out that all the things that I really admired about the Hollywood tales that were given to me, um, we can actually all uh, access. So Chantel is a... Reiki master, psychic medium, she's a crystal healer, she's a, a spiritual life coach, I guess is the best way you could say it. Um, she has S-E-K, Southeast Kansas Medium. She also is the owner of Crystals and Woo Woo Necessities, traveling around the Midwest to pop-ups, fairs, festivals. I know I've been privileged enough to work alongside with her doing all of that crystal work. I usually get three-day events with her that feels like crystal and Reiki training while I get to learn all of the new stones that she brings in from all over the world. So today she's going to join us and we're just going to go back and forth about not only some older channelers that we've fallen in love with in our journey, but some of the hiccups we've come up come up against on our journey and you know what it feels like to channel in the first place and how do you know what Claire sense you have and um, she's also going to tell us more about mediumship and connecting with spirits and who you're working with and offerings and do's and don'ts of the practice because it takes a high amount of discipline to continue to have these gifts. Um, I know, again, Hollywood makes it look like if you're just gifted, you have it all the time. But there are people known in history that have used it um, against humanity's best interest, and they their channel has been wiped clean is the nicest way that I could say it. So before we get into all that, I do want to welcome Chantel. Hello, my friend. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. I love any opportunity to help others. Uh, the reason I do the work I do is to help other people with whatever they need help with, whether it is uh, talking to loved ones, healing traumas that they've had, finding crystals that help them, teaching them tarot. Um, I teach 72 different metaphysical classes, and it's continually growing um, on a day-by-day 
um, process. And so I am just happy to be able to share how I developed my abilities and how I have helped other people get through the blocks that they have. I just recently finished a uh, three-month course with nine women. And I'll tell you the coolest thing was that all of them came saying, I know I have gifts, but I'm not sure how to use them or how to tap into them at will. Things just kind of happen willy-nilly, and I want to be able to tap into it at will. And I said, well, that's exactly where I was, and that's why I developed the courses that I have, is to be able to help other people do that. And the coolest thing out of all of it is that all nine of those women had completely different abilities, went about things in completely different ways, and at about the ninth week, Every single one of them just randomly, sometime throughout that week, sent me this long text message. Oh, my gosh, here's what just happened. I was sitting and I was thinking about someone, and then all of a sudden, all this stuff started coming through, and I realized that I was doing it. And it was just so cool because it literally proved that if you do the work and you're consistent with your medications and you're consistent with what you need to do to clear the blocks, that it will come online. I mean, just boom, everybody in the same week. I was like, holy moly, this is awesome. So hopefully if you are having some kind of blocks and you know you have gifts, hopefully by just us chatting today back and forth, hopefully you'll pick up on whatever it is you need to help you clear those blocks or at least guide you to a direction that will help you work more on your own abilities because we all have them. Yes. It was a beautiful gift given to us all. Yes, yes we do. And that's a really good starting starting point out to talk about clear senses. Because again, like the Hollywood thing makes it seem like you have to be some type born into some bloodline, some this, some that to be able to have these abilities. And I, I think at the end of the day, like a lot of us use our clear senses without realizing them. Not like we're not like we're not serving humanity in a sense, but just like um, empathetically knowing how others feel. Walking into a room, I know, in psychology has been, you know, reversed into more of a trauma aspect from your childhood. That is more like shadow work and inner child work to me than it is, oh, you're not actually an empath. You're just traumatized when you're a child. I thought that was weird because I just think, again, it separates the spirit and science away from each other and it shows that they're not really working together. Um, So, like, for me, I came along the study of Claire's senses when I had a spiritual awakening in... 2019. And um, not that I hadn't researched this stuff before, but I had never really tapped into my own abilities. I was always interested in seeing what other people were doing and just going, oh, that's really cool that you can do that. And then my mind really didn't go further than that because I had a lot of preconditioning that I had to work through and realize like, what are what are actually my beliefs that I believe in? Not something that was handed down to me, not this fear mongering of, oh, if I go out and explore and believe in this, then I'm going to go to hell because I went and looked at a different book than what I was raised on, you know, which is especially in the Midwest or even the Bible Belt of the country, that is one of the biggest things. However, um, as I look around and I'm coming up on my four-year anniversary of being... Um, awake, I guess you could say, retraining my brain to um, allow all of this new information in. 
there is a mass awakening of human consciousness and you can go back to old, old, old scriptures of how um, they said the world would evolve and how two worlds that were separated for so long would eventually come back together. I think people just have a hard time with accepting that they might potentially live in that era instead of thinking, oh, it's, it's ahead of us, it's ahead of us, it's ahead of us. So to start off today, I wanted to kind of label and bulletin some of the clairsenses we'll be talking about, just so for anybody that's like, what the hell is a clairsense? Um, so we're talking about mediumship, that's talking with lost loved ones. We're going to talk about clairaudience, which is one of my favorite ones that I have. Um, I know that I think there's like five big ones. Um, I'm just going to stick to these three right now because they're broken down really well. And I'm supremely familiar with these. I used to have the one with the nose where you could smell like sickness and death and all that fun stuff. Um, and I, I think I might've just made myself lose that one on purpose. Cause I was like, I don't like knowing that much, <laughs> you know, like if I, if I want to sit down and like do a reading with you or something like that. I'm okay with that. But the smell one was a little much for me. I smell a lot of sulfur when I would get around people that I loved. And that could even, that's the difference between a sickness that's coming because you're avoiding your life purpose or like you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing on your life's path, so to speak. Um, and I really didn't know how to use, use that. I didn't really know how to break that one down and be like, hey, you smell like sulfur and that's this reason and this reason. So I, I, I tend to stick with the ones that will actually help serve humanity and not the ones where I feel like I have to walk around and be like, I must activate all five Claire senses. Raw. Like, I don't really need that. I really want to hone in now. on the ones. Yeah. I really want to hone in on the ones that I'm comfortable with activating and I feel like can serve humanity in the best way. So we have Claire audience, which again is my favorite. It's clear hearing. Um, it employs the fifth chakra, the communication center in the throat. So for Claire audience for me comes into both of my ears, but mainly it's going to be in my right ear. Um, and I call it like a little almost like a personal assistant that breaks down a lot of the downloads coming in from above in my crown chakra, but also the information that I'm having with a person in general. So you walk into a room, you start talking to people, you're noticing their body language immediately, especially if you're an empath, you know, body language like crazy. Um, and it, it'll tell me like the ticks of like why the person is acting or doing or holding their body like a certain way. Um, that's usually the beginning of it. Um, if they're like very introverted in a conversation where, and like maybe I'm extroverted, maybe they'll be like, yeah, your Leo energy is showing a little too much. You're kind of like, you're like nicely intimidating, like back it down <laughs> almost. And these are in like bigger crowds of people where I know my energy can definitely like overwhelm people because I still have that golden retriever in me. Where I'm like, I know you don't love me, but I love you. <laughs> You know, and I kind of go on with that. Um, the That's like the surface level of it too for my Claire audience. I say it's kind of like the fun stuff where, again, it's like a personal assistant next to me, like just helping me digest the information that's coming down from them because as soon as they start talking to me, um, probably their higher self is going to come talk to me and they're going to start talking to me about their blocks and stuff. They're going to talk to me about their grief that's, sitting in them that they haven't digested. It really is like a lot of darker hidden blocks for me. 
Um, I've always been able to like see the potential in people, even in like a work, just a normal work day, like, oh, I know that I could promote them to this, but they have X, Y, Z in the way. So I'm actually going to go talk to them about X, Y, Z to get them to the promotion that I want to see them in. And that's super 3D grounded stuff where I feel like your clear senses can really help because I've always had like that talents, talent scoutness in me, whether it was for you know, employees I was hiring, or even if like I heard a band early on and I was like, these guys are going to blow up. Like they got it. They freaking got it. They're going to do it. And a couple years down the road, they'd be like the biggest thing ever. And I'm like, I knew that. I knew they were going to do it. But my Claire audience helps in 3D and 5D scenarios, whether it's, you know, reading tarot and Oracle, doing Reiki, um, any type of like energy work. I hate to really put labels on it, but I really want people to do their own research and understand how this one could really help you. Um, my Claire audience kicks ass when I'm doing tarot readings or Oracle. I use the cards as a buffer between my channeling because a lot of my readings are just like an intuitive talk with you and the cards are going to guide me on like where we're really going with it. So it's definitely my favorite because it helps me be able to go out in public and feel safe with all of the other things that I see out of my third eye. So clairvoyance is clear seeing. That's going to have a lot to do with like what we would be told is our imagination in our head. Um, I get sent a lot of pictures to then kind of work in tandem with the clair audience. It's like a verifier of what way I'm supposed to go. So it says it taps into the sixth chakra, the visual center, and the brow. So there are certain crystals that I'm sure you could recommend um, to meditate on with it on your third eye on all of these. We have plenty of crystals all over the world that are able to, they don't have magical powers in them. They have channeling properties that hook up with your energy centers to then push all of those blocks out. I know there's a lot of misconception the bigger crystals go that you don't have to do anything but like hold on to the crystal and like have no intention about the situation. Intention is everything in all of these practices and we'll definitely get into that later. Clear empathy is my biggest, I would say. It's one of the ones that I felt like was a curse in my younger years, but I was also that person that you would call if you had a problem, if you needed another perspective or you just kind of needed a shoulder to cry on. So it says, clear relating. There are several types of clear empathy, each of which is based in different chakras. So you have physical empathy, which is sensing others' physical energy in our own body. That's going to be the first chakra. You have emotional empathy, which is feeling others' emotions inside our, ourselves, which is the second chakra, which that's the one that would take me down when I would go in public. You know, like you're feeling good. You're getting ready to walk into the building. You're like, yeah, I got this. And as soon as you walk in the building, you meet the first person, like what they're hiding behind their mask is what you're presented with first. And now you've taken that into your body and you don't feel so awesome because you have no idea that you're actually like channeling other energies, right? Uh, mental empathy is knowing what others know. That's the third chakra. That's always been fun when you have random telepathic experiences and you have no way of explaining how the hell you knew that about somebody, but it came in through my right ear. 
Um, relational empathy is awareness of others' relational and healing needs. That's the fourth chakra. That's a really good one to work in with too. Um, a lot of people that I come across, luckily, are people that I've had similar experiences to them. So I'm like, I don't know if this will work for you. This is what I did when I came up on this block. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, like, go do your research. And then spiritual empathy, which is sensitivity to others' spiritual desires and needs, which is the seventh chakra which I am getting all of my clairaudient read-off that I just gave you. It's actually a book from one of my favorite authors, Cindy Dale, and it is Ray's Clairaudient Energy. So if you want to dive deeply into that book, she will actually teach you so many amazing things in this book on how to really raise your frequency to be able to be a clear channel for that. So, um, you have all of these abilities and more. So what is your take on like how long you actually had Claire audience and when you actually came into the embodying and using it and trying to really put your own on and off switch on it, like use it at your will is what you would say. So when you think about identifying when you're using your own personal players, we have been using them um, our, all our lives. If we have, we all have them. It's just a matter of how developed they are and how much attention you're paying to them. And the more attention you pay to them, and the more you research, you know what they all are, and and recognize when you're using them, the more you're going to develop them. Because it's just like when you're looking for a yellow car, you notice every yellow car, but before that, you never noticed any yellow car, right? So. We all have all of them. And you think about when you walk into a room and you know right off the get-go that things are tense in there or that as soon as you walk in, you maybe you weren't feeling so good and you walk through a room and the people in there, all of a sudden you start feeling a whole lot better. You're using your abilities. So we have them. We just don't realize a lot of times that we are using them. And one of the things I wanted to point out with the Claire, with the Claire audience. So Cheyenne reported that she will hear in one ear. And a lot of people get the Claire audience and the Claire cognizance confused. So you have, just like you have a mind's eye, where when you watch other people um, that are meditating or doing readings and they have their eyes closed, it's because they are using their psychic vision in their third eye. Our hearing, our clear audience can be the same way where we're, we're using our, our mind ears, if you will. So some people will actually hear, physically hear. Other people hear in their mind ear. And so that is actually different than clear cognizance, but oftentimes people get that clear knowing and that clear, that clear hearing confused. And so, um, I use the, the clear audience, the clairvoyance, and the claircognizance all together when I do a reading. And so if somebody asks me a question, I might see a picture in my mind's eye that answers that question, or I might hear a word, you know, just like immediately I got a yes. That yes that I hear, that's in my head. Cheyenne, do you actually hear it? I like that you spread that apart. Um, I have both like the claircognizant where it's like you are, you know the answer to the question. You're right. That's going to be more of like a download feel where you hear it in your head, so to speak. The audience, um, it does just feel like I have, I always, you know, like the earpieces that you would wear 
Um, like I used to wear them in the restaurant industry when I had to communicate with all of my employees and all the other employees would be talking at the same time while I'm having a conversation with like a table that I'm at or an employee I'm at. It works like that. Um, they're always talking or telling me and it depends. So it depends on who's talking and that's the thing that I really had to study for myself. I wanted to know if it was my higher self, if it was my guides, if it was your guides, if it was your higher self, if it was one of the, like my bigger guides, you know, like a Jesus type aspect, um, or even like ancestors coming in to help, which ancestors, um, it lights up a different part of my head. There's actually a thought stream that goes behind my neck into my left ear and I'll get one word I'll get one word answers from guides out of my left ear. But if it's anybody's higher self that is capable of just having excessive dialogue, um, then they'll keep going. And I have nurtured the clear audience for so long because um, I, when I started out, I just called it having conversations with myself because I was having a lot of transmissions with my higher self and really going to her and just being like, okay, well, you've already been this part of me. So like, show me the pitfalls, right? Like, what am I doing? Like, you know, make me look in the mirror, so to speak. So um, I like the way that you explained it because I use all three of those two, but the download that you get, the just knowing of something is completely different from the Claire audience. The Claire audience is definitely gonna be an explanation of the download is probably the best way that I can say it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so some people will actually hear, they think they're physically hearing something like a spirit just whispered in my ear or a, you know, an earth sound just whispered in my ear and angel just whispered in my ear. Some people will feel like they physically hear something, but, um, a lot of people have that knowing that, that hearing, like I heard, I heard the word, but I heard it in my head. Mm -hmm. So both of those are considered their audience they're just different and so how in the world do you figure it out you practice I mean that's and you ask questions and so when you're practicing and you're asking questions and you're doing meditations you just ask questions and then you figure out okay so if you're an angel how do I hear you if you're an ancestor how do I hear you and you play with that in your meditations so that you can figure out, okay, if it's an angel, I'm going to hear it this way. If it's an ancestor, I'm going to hear it this way. If it's my higher self, I'm going to hear it this way. And here is a really important distinction that just came to mind while we were talking about that. The difference between knowing it is some form of higher intelligence versus your own ego. If you hear, you need to do this, or you need to turn, or turn here, that is, a higher intelligence. If you hear, man, I really need to do this, that's your ego. So it's really important to pay attention when you're getting information on whether it starts with a you or an I. And that really helps you. That's that's something really good just to play with that. Yeah, that's a really good one too. And one of like my personal experience with that would be um like probably just a simple story is like I was driving home one day and I usually take the same route every day. And um, I came up to a stop sign and they said, you need to turn left today. And immediately I questioned the voice in my head because that's not me who said that to me. So I said, 
So my ego, my left brain, my logical brain would override that kind of invisible voice that came into my head. And I was like, I don't, I never turn left this way. I never go home this way. This is the shortest way. I'm going to go left, blah, 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 which is again, my logical brain coming in to kick that voice out. And the voice came back and said, just turn left. We'll explain later. Turn left, went home the opposite way. When I got home, I realized they didn't want me to turn right that day because there was a huge, there was a huge accident that was getting ready to happen on Kellogg as I was going to go home. I wasn't going to be in the accident. I was going to be in the traffic jam that was going to be backed up for a while. So they had a higher knowing of knowing that these events were about to unfold on my way home. And instead of me getting trapped in this whole traffic jam, they were just like, today you're going to take the route where you're just going to like, just go and drive a little out in the country and veer back in and come around the other side. Sorry, it takes you 15 minutes longer to get home, but technically you wouldn't have been home for two or three more hours because you would have literally been right up with the accident. All the traffic would have been behind you. The accident would have been in front of you. And you, I mean, I would have been stuck there for a while. And that was one of my first instances where I was like, oh, okay, so that's the guidance coming in because I've heard this voice before and my ego does kick it out because I'm like, well, I didn't say that. That's not, that's not my voice, you know, and the, the eyes and the U's were really, really important to me because they will come in and they'll be like, hey, like my biggest one is like, they'll be like, hey, you're not doing, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing right now. Like you need to go do something else. And my left brain is like, no, I must get this done right now. This is what I'm doing. And they're like, the energy is supporting this right now. Your ego wants you to focus on this, but you need to release control right now and have some faith and allow this to come in and be the way, like we have the divine plan. We're holding your soul contract in our hands. Okay. Like back to it's a higher knowing your ego really has to be put in its place a lot for this work because we're all, we're all taught to be left brain, right? I mean, like we have creatives in the world that figure out how to work in and out of the physical and the creative realm, but we're all taught to be left brain and overly logical and overly analytical. And then like top off some weird religious heaven and hell conditioning. And you're like, well, if I go against this logical brain, then like I'm, I might go to hell. Oh, that, that can't be something good trying to help me because all spirits were, you know, deemed, deemed bad. So yeah, I've definitely, I've definitely had like my trial and errors with it, but you're right. Like sitting down and meditating and getting comfortable with those. I know one that Connie taught me was, um, your guides will come in different colors. She goes, so do you see colors in your meditation? And I was like, oh yeah, especially when my breath work is like, you know, you feel like that vibrating sense almost, like you're really connected. Um, and that's like my frequency raising up to meet them. They can only come down so far because it's so dense and sufferable down here. It's really hard for them to come down. But when I was able to raise my frequency, I would think back to just probably the last two or three meditations I did. And I go, oh my gosh, yes. Right when I hit my breath work, I'll get like blues and purples. It'll start out like for me, it was like following the chakra basis. Like it would start out, I would start seeing red, then I would see yellow, then I would see orange and up. 
I wouldn't see the green until after I had seen the purple and the blue. It was kind of like coming into unison with or, or unification of unconditional love is the best way I could say. So I um, I started studying studying colors with it too because I could tell like which spirit guide was present based on like what colors I was seeing. And then as soon as like I'm believing and accepting this energy and this message, even in color that they're giving me, then I'm allowed access to more information. So just like in Reiki, like if I went to somebody who didn't believe in Reiki, didn't accept it, if I went to go try any healing modality on them, whether they've given me consent or not, but if they don't have the belief or the intention to believe that this is possible, it's not going to work. Like nothing, there's nothing that you can do that's going to trump someone's free will like that where you're like, okay, well, I guess you're a harder case. Maybe you should go to somebody else. Like it's very important to have consent and understanding and belief and all of those things to allow the information to come through both of you. You, a channeler, is a healer bringing the divine energy through your body to the other person, but it's up to the person to receive. If they do not receive, they're not going to feel the full abundance of that channel that they supposedly want. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, on the, so we kind of, you know, touched on the, the, so clairvoyance and the clear seeing, I'm going to go back over kind of the things that you, um, mentioned, cause you had kind of asked me how they work, how they work for me because I use all of them. And so on the clear seeing, of course, you just touched on that on seeing the colors and you relate that to different guides and, and things like that. And, um, I use the clear seeing a lot of times in combination with the clear feeling when I want to know which guides are there because when an angel comes in, it makes, I get a, like a, a tingling, like in the shape of angel wings on my back. And then I, when I say who's here with me, I will both hear which angel is here and I will see a color in my third eye that matches that angel. And then, um, so that's one of the ways that I use that. And then another thing is when I'm working, um, you know, channeling energy to someone to do healing, when their body reaches the state that it is now in a healing area, you know, like healing has begun, like I've worked on it, worked on it. And so they kind of tell me when it's time to move on to the next thing, they'll start showing me green and purple. All right. So that is a lot of healing energy. They'll start showing me those colors in my third eye. And then I always just then set that intention that the healing in that area will continue until it's done what it needs to do. And I'll move on to the next spot. And so those are a couple of ways in which, you know, I use the, the third eye, the colors in the third eye. Um, and also, sometimes if a person needs work at a certain chakra, I will see that color in my third eye and know, you know, that that's the area that I, maybe I need to start at. So one of the things you have to become very familiar with are what all those colors mean. And so you can ask, certainly you can ask, who is this, what does this color mean? And it may or may not match the actual literature, but most of the time when you go do the research, you're like, oh my gosh, I started seeing this color and, and I heard that it was Archangel Michael and that's his color. Or you might say, I heard that I needed to work on the root chakra and I was seeing red. And then you go look up the root chakra and it's like, oh my gosh, that color is red. And so 99.9% .9 of the time, 
what you hear matches up with what you're going to find in the literature. But that's how you learn and that's how you provide yourself with the um, confirmation that what you're doing is accurate. And um, another thing on the clear sentience that I wanted to point out, so that is your, your clear feeling. And let's talk for just a second about all of you impacts out there. So Cheyenne touched on the different types of um, clear empathy, which is your clear feeling. Those of us, almost all of us that do this work are incredibly empathic. So we're going to feel everyone's everything. Um, I feel the trees crying when they're burning. I feel the grass crying when it's being cut. I feel flowers crying when they start to wilt and they need water. Um, but just the same as I feel um, I just went on a vacation and, and there was 4,500 people on this cruise ship. And when I would walk past someone who was really having an issue, um, I would just start crying. And I would have to step aside because um, I want to touch a little bit on the ability to block how you feel everything um, a little bit later. But I was using this vacation as an opportunity to just feel everything. I wanted to feel everything. That was part of my vacation. And it was also an opportunity for my husband, who was with me for eight days straight, and I had explained that to him to actually see how all of that affects me. And so then I would step aside and transmute that person's energy and then, you know, reclaim what was mine. But whenever you, so I have very, very chronic fibromyalgia. And a lot of people who do this work who have been through certain kinds of trauma because that's part of your preparation for the work that we do. Or... Um, they end up with fibromyalgia just because they've literally felt everything their whole life and their nervous system has been on overload their whole life and it comes to a point where their body is just like, ah! and so then we, we have to start healing that. But with the clear feeling, um, I recently had a client that I was working with who everything we tried to help her develop her abilities was not working. And I knew she had abilities and I was getting really frustrated with myself because my motto is if my student isn't getting it, I'm not doing something right. So I keep changing whatever I'm doing because my job is to help that student. So one day we were doing this meditation and at the end she said she didn't get anything. And I was just like, I wanted to just throw my hands down and I'm like, what do you want to get anything? And she goes, well, I just felt this and I felt that. And I'm like, wait a minute. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> But all along, she was looking for that knowing or that seeing. And I guess I had failed somewhere along the way in, you know, really explaining the clear feeling. So I ended up going and doing, looking, just combing YouTube because since I use all of the clairs together, I had never tried to isolate that clear feeling. So I went and combed YouTube and I found this really old meditation that was just on the clairsentience. And I laid in my recliner, I put my earbuds in and I said, okay, I'm turning everything off except the clairsentience. And then I would feel all of these things in my body and then I would use my clairaudience or my, um, you know, my claircognizance to say, what is this? What does this mean? 
And I, it was, it was really kind of funny because I had tried to study with someone else and a lot of the way they did things didn't work for me. And when I did this meditation, everything matched up with what that, the way that person was telling me they read. But because I was using everything all together, it never really worked for me. So then I realized, okay, their right breast means my right breast got really hot. And so I'm, I'm feeling this and I'm like, what does this mean? And then I got, you know, got the answer. And then my left breast got really hot. And I'm like, what does this mean? And then my right butt cheek got really hot. And so I went through this whole thing. And so then I went back to this lady and I said, listen to this meditation. I think it's your answer. And then she did that meditation. And then everything just started developing from there. And so sometimes I think we have to just really try to look at each one of those senses and really analyze, which of course I said that earlier, you know, but really analyze how are we getting information and then using your mind to ask, what is this feeling? Um, I'd like to interject. Trying, something what do you have to say about that? Yeah, I have something yeah, to interject because a um, bunch of fun pictures are popping up as you were, as you were talking. So I understand what you're saying when you talk about like certain parts of your body lighting up to um, explain the download of what you're supposed to translate to people basically. So for me, it's studying your energy bodies first, not just like your auric field, but understanding where the information downloads first and the fact that our physical bodies are supposed to be able to translate it for you. But where does it download first? I know, um, again, I, I really like stress going and researching what the energy body is, what it's capable of holding. My biggest things are focusing on trauma because there's a lot that our conscious bodies and our conscious minds have not processed, but it is held in our energy body and then eventually downloaded into our physical body. So for people that are starting out in any format of, yes, I know how I have certain abilities or I, like this is my stronger clear sense, but I don't really know where it downloads in first. It's already been downloaded through like your org field, penetrated into your energy body. Now it's downloaded into a side of your brain. Each part of your brain corresponds to a part of your body and it's going, it's a messenger system to your physical body. So like in that state, I mean, even if you're giving a reading, like if your breasts light up with somebody that just got over breast cancer, that could be a way that your body is telling you, hey, they just had a trauma in this area. It's going to show that chakra color in your mind, but then you are going to have to have a conversation really quick with whatever guide or whatever audience is coming through to like validate right because I know that there are people out there that as soon as they get a download they're like this is the answer but sometimes it comes down in breadcrumbs so you're just like okay why why is my left breast lighting up really bad right now like does she have a lump I'm supposed to tell her about is there breast cancer in the family is there something generational that's clogged in there was there something that subconsciously downloaded in that part of her energy body that she didn't know because then you get to go into very grounded 
research of like face mapping and meridian line mapping and you can go through Chinese medicine. That's one of my favorite ones to use for energy body, like meridian lines. India and any yogic practice has nadis, N-A-D-I-S. I talk about them constantly. They're my two faves to go through. And you can go through and find out why you have a pain in your body here, why you have a pain in your body here. And that's just for you clearing out your own channel. Because if you have blocks, I mean, I know there's people out there that always have their senses turned on all the time and it's like a constant. And like there's people that don't, I guess, obsess about clearing their channel the way that I do because like, I don't want any chronic diseases in my body. I don't want to work with people and not be educated enough to where their problems get stuck in my body and downloaded into me because energy transference is a real thing. You can just look at like auric fields are the best way to explain like you walking by people. You're going to walk by people and we're transferring energy all day long. The invisible force field around all of us, whether we understand it's there or not. And again, like you could... You could be in a really great mood and one of your friends comes over and their life's freaking falling apart. And by the time she leaves, she's fucking great. And then when you leave, you're completely exhausted and you feel like you've actually taken on her venting her negativity into yourself. And well, that sticks on you and it's not fun, right? So I mean, yes, definitely talking about protection will be a great thing to add into the episode because that's definitely needed with anything in energy. <laughs> but understand that like, don't be scared that it's going to get stuck into you because that's another fear frequency, right? You have to understand if it downloads through you, you can picture it moving through you and out through your feet and ground that back down into mother earth. Like I always have like a big selenite I always picture a really big selenite underneath me in inner, any energy work I do and any energy circles that I practice in and any prayer circles I'm in and any meditations I'm in. As soon as I close my eyes, no matter how wonderful the practitioner is, I always protect my energy around good people, around negative people and around any dangers that could possibly out, be out there because I don't want any of that trapped through my body. And if those energies are going through me without me knowing, at least I know that I'm empowered enough to clear those out of my body. And these are just everyday things. These aren't like Reiki experiences that I'm just talking about. This is like, if you walk up to someone and someone in Walmart is mean to you, like picture a big white bubble around your body and send that person love from your heart. As much as like you would just rather like show her who's boss, you know, it's like, it's much better to take that unconditional route, that purple color, that pink color, for those that like to see colors in your mind, because that's the ultimate weapon. Like that is the, the sword and the stone that's going to go and conquer anything. There's nothing better to work with in the world than the frequency of unconditional love. So even like I've had time to study and I believe like that's why episodes are out here like this because there aren't people that have time to go through hundreds of articles and books and all of this. I'm so thankful that that's my job and it, it's yours too to develop your senses and teach your students. But if you get a download and you have to go research, that's one thing. But if you take that student-esque path on your own to understand like, okay, they talked to me in this way. So now I'm going to go learn at least what like all of these 
chakra colors are so I can understand what part of the body they're actually aiming me towards. The more human, tangible books that you can read and put in your mind, that's going to be better communication for you and your guides and you and their guides and anybody that you're working with. That information is only going to go so far in your human brain. And if your logical side hasn't even picked up about it, that dude will come in and act like a bodyguard and be like, nope, nope, get out of here, get out of here, get out of here. And you're still blocking yourself, but you need that really big connection with your body and understanding what the hemispheres of your brain are here to do for us. What side is masculine? What side is feminine? So then you can understand if the masculine side is coming in to knock everything down that the feminine is trying to digest on that hemisphere of her brain, you got to be like, okay, calm down, ego and left brain. Like, here's what we're trying to do today. And you do kind of have to, I know talking to yourself is just like, oh, you're crazy. But like, you have to talk to yourself. You are in charge of your body. You're in charge of your mind. And at the same time, you're still in charge of what your soul is trying to tell you and dictate for you. So those were probably the biggest things that I saw in there is like, when I was a beginner, I started off with really wanting to dive into chakras, understanding what the energy bodies were. That led me to more of my passions, to understanding yoga at a deeper anatomical level and even an energy body level and seeing how they really all work together because there's a huge misconception in the world that spirit and science don't work together and very grounded information cannot have anything spiritual in it. And I know that we're definitely turning a huge corner for humanity in that, but I have come across so many people that would still like to separate it. And it's not that I can't learn from them by any means. I just understand that spirit and science must go together. And we are spiritual beings with a protective coating of a physical body, which, you know, take care of your temple and all that fun stuff. However, it's translated all over all the theological books over time. Taking care of my vessel, my vessel is still a warning system for me and a warning system for those downloads to come in. And that was very powerful for me because it helped me embody my clear senses even more. Even when I go out and I still have people in my life that, um, not that they don't believe, they don't know how to believe, or they're not going, like, I give a lot of people cognitive dissonance sometimes, you know? I don't mean to. It's not my intention, but I'm just like, this is my truth. This is what I'm still trying to unfold down my path, and my my beliefs and my knowings and my vantage points grow because I'm consistently digesting new information that challenges my old belief system, even if I was comfortable, say, four years ago with just still observing Claire's senses and not thinking I was ever going to go out into the community. I, I never intended to go out and actually help and healing sessions. I will pray for you. I will send you love. Like that was the furthest that I would have went because I was so focused on digesting all of the knowledge out there that I could potentially get. And then the funniest thing happened. I remembered a lot of what I was studying because I enjoyed it. And it came up in so many different ways where I was like, oh, 
oh, okay, I see the path is unfolding more. Like I'm limiting myself based on fears that I have had from my past versions of myself. So like I see with the eyes of infinite possibilities, show me how it gets better. Show me what I'm actually here to do. And that's just, I mean, obviously involved into the journey that I am today, but I'm only four years in. I tell everybody I'm four years old and I'm relearning everything. I'm like, I don't smell a rose the same way. I don't eat food the same way. I don't digest information the same way. And the downside of it where you kind of feel like it's a curse is you, you're on, you're on a cruise with thousands of other people and you're walking by and it's like, Picture like um, a music soundtrack just being shuffled over and over and over as you walk by another person because they're all vibrating at different frequencies and then you're reading it, bouncing back and forth and that is going to register through your body. I mean, no wonder people think that a lot of these things feel like a curse at first because they can't fit in the same way that they used to. They start vibrating a little higher and things that do not evolve them are starting to fall away. And the human side has to grieve those relationships. They have to grieve those habits. They, they're just like, oh no, like I love that. But is it really evolving you into what you came here to do and be? Whatever that is, that's something that you find out along the way. But I also know that direct experience is our best teacher with all of that. So if you have an idea where you think you want to go do something, don't let the fear of failure stop you for one, but the fear that when you find out you actually don't want to do it, that you just went and told everybody, hey, I actually want to go do this. And then you go and try it and you find out it's just the experience that you needed. It's not what you're actually going to take and do because you're going to take bits and pieces of everything that you try and you're throwing stones in front of yourself to have a place to walk over the water. Beautiful. Yes. Beautiful. Yeah. So you mentioned, you know, you mentioned the chakra system and, you know, we we wanted to, you know, we kind of were starting out here talking about developing, you know, our abilities and, and developing the clairs. And when people come to me and they want to develop their abilities, one of the things they don't understand is why where we start is understanding the chakras and answer knowing how every single one of them affects every aspect of our mental mental physical and spiritual bodies and how all of all of the belief systems that are formed within each one and how we have to think about why do we believe this at the root chakra level why do we believe this all of the things that have happened that have made us believe all of the things that we believe that are probably not really true and so then we reevaluate because the reason when someone wants to develop their abilities or they know they have abilities and, and they're not be, being able to use them effectively, they're like, well, I know I have these abilities and sometimes it'll, I can use them and sometimes I can't or it'll just hit me out of nowhere and I'll just know something or I'll have a premonition that something's going to happen and it happens. But then when I want to know and I want to tune in, I can't. Well, that's because we have all of these blocks in our energetic system. Mm-hmm. And so... The, the last group that I led, the nine women that we did for the 12 weeks, they did not, they came to me and they wanted to take part in this pilot program of developing their abilities because I, I lured them in, if you will, by I want to try this new program. 
And so they, none of them understood why, if we're learning to use our abilities, how come we have to learn all this chakra crap? And so as we go through and they all tell me that they don't have any issues and that they don't have any trauma and they don't this and they don't that. And then we go through it and every single week they're all bawling their eyes out because of all the things they didn't realize were blocked. So as we go through and all of a sudden everyone's abilities just kind of came online all at the same time after they worked through clearing out all of the trauma that had not necessarily trauma, but the energetic blocks that they had within their system because of the beliefs that they had formulated that were clashing with what they personally believed. We were raised by our parents, our babysitters, our grandparents, our teachers, our church. That's where all of our beliefs came from. And then we grow up as an adult and we look around and we watch and, and we think in our head, I'm not sure that's really what I believe, but we never voice it. We never write it down. We never own up to it. So there's this energetic clash going on in our body with what we were taught to believe and what we really believe. And sometimes when you ask somebody, what do you believe about this? Or what do you think about that? They're like, you know, I don't really know. Well, I think that's a very powerful thing to talk about because what you're talking about is generational trauma, right? Not just generational trauma, but generational programming and us having the free will and ability to question everything that was presented to us, whether it was the parental figure, the babysitter, whoever gave us these ideas that this is who we are, this is what we believe, and this is what we're supposed to do with our life. You really do have to go in, oh my gosh, and go through all of that. And I think one of the most heartbreaking things about it is to really look at the people who gave you that information and go, well, where did that information come? Like, where did you learn that from? Okay, well, I was taught by this person. Okay, well, where did they learn from? And you you kind of have to, it's like a little mystery and you have to go back and find out where it came from. And like my, my beliefs and my ideals definitely conflict with what I was raised in. And it's not that I don't believe anything that they taught me. I just decided to go back through remembering what they taught me to see what actually identifies with me. And I think, you know, with that, we have to give ourselves permission to grow and evolve because what we were taught, we may learn. I think what happened is there, there became a point where this is what you believe and this is what you're going to believe and there's no other way. And then now we're in this new generation of people and we're like, but there, but we know more. And our parents were not allowed, if you will, or our grandparents, whoever to say, but I don't believe that because there's evidence that this is real. And then maybe we believe that and then we experience something else and we're like, oh, wait, there's more. I used to believe this and I used to believe that, but now I believe this. And people are so afraid to say, yeah, I did say I believe that. And, and I did at that time. But now I know more and I believe this. And so I think it's really important to give ourselves permission to believe what is true to us and what we have seen as truth. And the conflict that goes on between what we were taught to believe and how we thought it wasn't okay to believe something else for fear of upsetting all these other people, that energetic conflict is what prevents us from being able to 
actually channel what we need to channel. We have to be a clear channel, if you will, in order to be able to channel spirit. And so if that's ultimately what our goal is, if that's something we want to be able to do, we have to do the work to clear out our own channel, if that makes sense. Yeah, it absolutely makes sense. Because, I mean, you still want to, like, fit in, I guess, is the blanket statement that I could use for that. So when you start going against the common theme, the agenda, the norm, or even like what your family believes. Like if you're going to sit at a dinner table and you're with a bunch of Christians and a bunch of people that have their beliefs on even what Claire's senses are, how they're utilized. um, If you are utilizing them in a way that's outside of their book, um, it's, it's not always the most comfortable feeling at that dinner table. You know, sometimes they'll like make fun of you and say condescending um, things. And I've had this happen before with family. And it's not like it didn't hurt my feelings because I expected more out of them with how, you know, godly they act like they are and non-judgmental. Right. But I also had to remember, I'm like, they literally have not studied any of the stuff that I've studied. They they have studied this book, that's their way, and if that's what they came to do and like that's their soul path to only have this belief, who am I to come up and try to break your constructs down just because I need to feel more welcome and understood? I know that it's always been a superpower of me wherever I've went, where if that's what you believe, I, great then that is your path to each their own. I'm not going to sit here and try to be like, oh no, your beliefs aren't right. Um, This is what you should actually believe. And if you do believe it, then you'll fit in a lot better with us. Like I've always been the black sheep. I call it rainbow sheep of the family now. And I I mean, (laughs) yeah, the tie dye sheep. And yeah, just recently in the last couple holidays, I've come into really embodying who who I am as a person, what my beliefs actually are, and what I'm here to do. And even the, I mean, the clear senses that I have, and they don't believe in anything like that. If you brought up chakra at this dinner table, um, they're just going to kind of look at you like you've gone too far, kid, and you're a little crazy and you need help, you know? And I mean, that could just rival us into um, the Jesus talk that we were having before we recorded where I was like, I think it trips people up that are in their religious boxes when I'm like, yes, I can read tarot and oracle. I can do intuitive readings. I can do a Reiki healing if that's called upon. Um, I definitely plan on continuing my studies far past Reiki, but that's where I am. And I'm really excited to just dive into that info. Um, But I said, I work with Jesus. I talk with Jesus every day. Um, When I meditate, I talk to him. When I'm, you know, scared I'm, I talk to him before my daughter goes to bed. She's like, what if the monster gets me? And I said, well, if you can't, if you're too scared to get up and come into mom's room, you just say, Jesus, come help. You know, I mean, we have our own prayers. We have all the things that we say, but I think there, there's just so many boxes that only Jesus can be in. And Jesus isn't allowed in certain parts of spirituality because of the way that Christianity has been taught to us. And even the things that have been pushed out of Christianity. Um, And I do believe that Jesus taught reincarnation. I do believe that he taught us about karma. I 100% believe he taught us about letting God do his 
job on Judgment Day. And I say God is His because that's why I was raised. So that terminology is still in me for my beliefs. I love the Father, the Mother, and the Son. You need a mommy and a daddy to make a baby, plain and simple. Um, if it goes far past me and that's just my human brain not being able to compute anything higher. I've always believed the Holy Spirit was the feminine. And due to a lot of my research, I've seen the suppression of the feminine and the destruction of the feminine in so many different belief systems that there's only one conclusion for me that, you know, why was the feminine suppressed? That's not this episode. I'm literally just breadcrumbing it because that was one of the <laughs> biggest things that I found in a lot of my research. I was like, okay, we have all of this feminine power. We have this understanding that the man protects the woman in the physical and the woman protects the man in the spiritual. But now when the women are starting to be spiritual, the men are like, oh, that's weird. Like, mm, what is that? And I'm like, look back at seers. Look back at the way the emperors and empresses used to. Like, they didn't come to the king for the knowing. They came to the king to access the queen. The queen advised the king and so on. Emperor, empress, however far down you want to go, you will always see in the ancient texts the feminine having that spiritual connection. And we know that physically to this day because the feminine is still the only one that can bring a baby through her body with a soul in it and shoot it out at you and give it to you and go, here's your son, here's your daughter, you're welcome. You know, I this is my gift to you. I can make a baby. And not only can I make a baby, but it has a soul in there that came from spirit in which you cannot see with your eyes. So eyes really quick before I get into the Claire um, research you have on your end. There's a lot of people, especially if they are in the meadow medical field of any kind. They are very, very logical. They need hard, hard science in order to do the things that they're doing. So I say, I'm pretty sure we can only see like 4% of what's out there. Like it used to be five and now it's like dwindling down to four. Color spectrums are the first thing. All the colors that are on earth are not the ones that are all out there. They're the only ones that we can see and they're interpreted based on what our eyes can see. So if you're out there and you just want to start somewhere to kind of blow your mind, I want you to Google visual light spectrum and it's going to give you a chart and it's going to show you this itty bitty centimeter of what humans can actually see. And then all of the other spectrums out there are actually what are going on in the world, but we're not allowed to see. Imagine looking out into like the telephone pole and being able to see the electricity that pulsates off of those and wonder like how high the frequency is, what color the electricity is, all of that stuff. All of these things are around us. They are happening. Wi-Fi and Bluetooth are a big one. Like you've never wondered how that shit doesn't work without cords. You know, like it's just like, shoom, it's an energy and it's just going out there. You know, the fact that people want to be all weird about crystals, but your iPhone and your Androids do not work without quartz or gold being two of the main components. On top of don't even get me started that shit that we're pulling out of the earth for all the batteries, but all of the energy that we have decided we're going to turn in just technological or weaponry advances um, it was here serving a completely different purpose than what we're using for it now. And now we're just finally starting to, as humanity going into it, 
But then I could even veer off into, there are forces that don't want us to have this information because we're, if we're empowered and we're strong and we all have our connection back to the divine and we all finally figure out the humanity of what humanity is here for, well, that could go against a lot of their agendas that they've planned out for us generation after generation. <laughs> so maybe if you have clear senses, I'm not telling you you're going to activate your clear senses and go be a tarot reader and sell crystals and be a guru wandering around. You could just be the nurse that's 10 times more empathetic and knows how to help her, her, I don't want to say clients more, that's not right, but the people coming into the hospital more, you know, if you, yeah. if you're a teacher and you have clear empathy, that's going to be so great for all of these students coming in from all different home lives. And you're going to figure out how to get all these personalities to work together to where if someone's weaker, you're going to pair them with someone who has that stronger ability so they can teach and show each other. You know, we are really all mirrors for each other, but I do think one of the scariest things about the awakening, um, as far as the way that spirituality is sold to us, is that, okay, well, now I have all these senses, so, like, let me, let me sell all my stuff and do all this, and, you know, I'm just going to go quit the 3D world, so to speak, and that's not really the thing. Like, we all still have a place and yes, there are people that they, they weren't serving their life's purpose. They needed that, that egotistical journey. They needed that ego to succeed. And then when their ego is full and they're still just like, what the, everything's like meaningless. Like what's going on? It's just like, this is where you tap into the spirit. And I think so many of us, especially after 2020, were just completely catapulted into an awakening that we didn't even realize was going to come to us because we were so busy doing all of these pre-programmed, capitalistic, my only, um, what am I trying to say? Like my only reasoning is for profitability, right? My, the only thing you know about me is my job. My job is my identity. My house is my identity. My car is my identity. Um, and that's one of the biggest things that I've found people pulling away from and really struggling with because they do want to be a part of mainstream society, but they don't have such a shallow take on it than, you know, before before they were awake is probably the best thing I could say. Chantel's over there just like nodding her head. She's like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. The love agreement. Yes. That works right here. Yes. Love agreement. Yeah, I mean, it's not easy. I think that's the easiest thing to say. You could sway between like blessing and a curse, but it's all divinely guided. And we are in the age of Aquarius where it's the age of information. It's where the truth will rise and the false will fall. But sadly, all of the darkness has to come out like a festering fucking white head and a disgusting pimple to come out. And then the healing process is going to begin. So you look around everything in the earth and there's so many people that are like, oh, well, God wouldn't allow this to happen. And why would God allow this to happen? And it's just like, God gave all of us free will. Okay. He's not exactly happy. He, she, they, whatever you would like to call the creator, the source, the almighty. Um, we have free will and we are paying for what people before us, before us have done. And when does it stop, you know? When do we quit cutting down the Amazon? 
When do we stop polluting everything? You know, like I understand that these things have been in motion for so long, but to have this awareness, to understand that we're killing the very thing that has given us life and we're disconnected from the thing that loves us so much to allow us to go out and do everything right or do everything wrong and then still come home and be like, all right, now we're going to talk about this and we're going to find out why you did what you did and on and on and on and on and on. I think it just shows how disconnected all of us are as a whole from society because we don't even understand how someone could love you that much to forgive you for doing what you did wrong and what you knew that you were doing wrong at the time and you still continue down that path. Like it's an extraordinary magnitude of love and I guarantee you that when you start your meditation journey, it starts with a lot of crying of gratitude because you can tap into that frequency of that God source love and it also is a really great indicator of how conditional you might have been presenting your love based on the blocks in your body that you didn't realize were there. Very, very true. I'm getting the head nod so of approval again. Yes. What else do we want to touch on about just, you know. You have a guide over there. It's that really cool book that you showed me where, um, like, let's do do's and don'ts. Like, I think, I think we're pretty good on, like, hey, if you want to start. Definitely if you want to start, just, like, shine, work with Chantel, right? Like, I've worked with her on and off for four years She's a very close friend of mine, so I've been I've been lucky to like we've got a front row seat to both of our journeys and the evolution of our clear senses. But let's talk about do's and don'ts when you actually um, connect with your spirit guides, or if you're into deity work or getting into the divine. And you know, offerings is a big one. How you do offerings, how long it sits outside, what do you do with it afterwards, and it definitely like. Hit a lot on the don'ts because I think that so should be said. Of, one thing I want to touch on that we haven't touched on um, that just came to mind when you were talking is I'm going to tell you something kind of kind of funny, you know, things that just kind of people say. And so, like, I was a newbie, and I would when I when I was a newbie, and I would hear people talking about their spirit guide and their spirit guide's name and blah 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 blah. And I'm like, well, I don't know my spirit guide's name. Am I supposed to know my spirit guide name? This, well, I don't know. And so I started, you know, there are tons of meditations out there on YouTube. And so if you want to do a meditation, meditation is huge. If you want to connect, you know, with your spirit guides and have them give you better guidance for your life, it doesn't necessarily have to be because you want to be a psychic medium and you want to, you know, contact people you know, on the other side, or you want to contact spirit guides to give people advice, it can just be for your own well-being. And so you have to have a meditation practice because that's, you have to raise your frequency. It's just like tuning a radio. If I want to listen to KFDI, I'm going to tune my radio over to whatever, I don't live in Wichita anymore, but whatever that channel is. If I want to listen to T95, then I'm going to, let's see, it's down the frequency. So I'm down the frequency spectrum. So I'm going to lower my vibration right? To tune into that channel. That's such a great thing to point out. The frequencies are so powerful to understand when you're getting into this. Yes. So, you know, it's really, it's really just tuning to the right frequency. And so you have to 
you have to train your mind on how to do that. And meditation is how you do it. And that's one of the things, you know, when people tell me I'm just not getting anywhere, I'm like, well, how is your meditation? Well, I'm not really, I'm trying. I'm, I'm sorry. It is, you have to improve your meditation. You have to. So there are tons of awesome meditations on YouTube. I love doing the guided meditations on YouTube. I'm like, and I lead people in them all the time. Um, you know, just guided meditations to meet your spirit animal or a guided meditation to do this or that, or maybe you just want to do it for relaxation. Or I will say, pain. just from my perspective, I did a yeah, past life regression meditation out of curiosity in my younger years. And it was more powerful than my belief system at the time. Like I didn't think it was possible to actually go into it. I was observing it. And then um, I actually like, I did see, I went in and I walked down the staircase in the middle of the field, there was a door in front of me that I was supposed to open after a couple breaths and there was smoke coming out from under the door. And as soon as I opened the door and went in, I was um, indigenous and my teepee was on fire. And when I came out of the teepee, we were in the middle of a battle with, I would just say colonizers is the best way I could say it. Cause I don't, rem I don't know how to identify whose uniforms were what. Um, but I remember watching it and just being scared shitless that it actually worked. I was in my younger 20s, right? Just experimenting in my bedroom. And when I got up from the meditation, I was like, I'm just going to know that any past life regression, anything right now um, should be done <laughs> with a hypnotist of some kind uh, because that is not, that's not a beginner step. Like if you're going to do guided meditations, don't just go straight into an advanced level thinking that you're so far past the other stuff because, I mean, you really got to be a good student with this stuff and your ego is truly, truly, truly going to come in and be like, oh, you don't need that. Yep. You already, you already read a book on chakras, so you don't need to hear the way that they explain it. You're going to get something out of everybody and allow yourself to be like a kindergartner of spirituality, no matter what degree you have, how advanced you are, whatever the capability is. Like have fun going back with that childlike curiosity and doing those meditations from a very beginner standpoint, if that's where you are in your journey. Like don't run when you know you have to walk because you're missing out on a lot of stuff and you don't get to skip it in advance, right? Like they'll pull you back. They'll restrict you and be like, yes, we're so glad that you get this information, but why, why didn't you do steps one through five? Like, why did you think that you could skip those? Like we put steps one through five there for a reason. So that's just a story I like to interject because, again, oh, like, yeah. I had no idea that that past life regression meditation was going to work. I was just laying down on the floor with my little 21-year-old body like, mm, I'm going to see a past life. And, yeah, I did, and I got more than I bargained for. So now I really, um, I really go to my QHHT and my hypnosis friends to really – guide for it but the ones on youtube i mean like i like finding like the 111 hertz frequency because that's like the divine frequency um i love when i get in a meditative state and i ask um my higher self to come cleanse the lower vibrations that are holding me back uh the only thing i don't think people still um want to accept about that is when you protect yourself and you ask for it it's going to protect people that 
you thought were going to be in your life. It's going to protect you from jobs, scenarios, situations, trips, so many different things that like in your mind, you're like, this is the path I'm on. This is the way I'm going to go. And then um, that's, those aren't for your highest good. I know you want them to be for your highest good, but there's a different path for you. So trust, having faith in the divine plan, keeping yourself, bringing yourself back to center and understanding you are so loved and so looked after. You are not alone. These are the things that I practice every day with just my job because quitting your job to start a podcast full-time or continue a podcast full-time on all the things that still a higher percentage of society are just like, okay, (laughs) you know, Um, kind of being like, I don't know, I feel like a little before my time sometimes because I'm like, if we were like 50 years from now, like my podcast would probably just be like, oh yeah, go here if you need some guidance, that's fine. But since I still think we're in the beginning of a mass awakening, it's so hard for people to deviate from those previous constructs that they have in their mind. And they're scared to take that leap of faith. And I still have moments where I'm scared to take that leap of faith, but I also know what it feels like to have the regret of not taping, taking that leap of faith. And I don't want to ever feel like that again. I don't want to have the stage fry. I don't want to have that inner critic overrule what I know that I want to do. And I know that you've had this same situation in, in your life where you're like, oh, I'm, I'm talking to them, you know, and they're just telling me I have to trust, but I'm freaking out because I can't see because you don't get to see everything. You have to have a resilience in your faith is the best way that I could say it. Yes, you do. So in, in all of that, just know that in order to develop abilities, meditation is, is incredibly important. And so I started out talking about the spirit guide thing. And so it bothered me that people would know the name of their spirit guide and I didn't know the name of my spirit guide. So I did a meditation, you know, meet your spirit guide. That's pretty safe. You know, meet your spirit animal. That's pretty safe. Um, don't go into any of that heavy stuff without, you know, a a person that knows what they're doing. Very important. I just did a past life regression yesterday um, with my hypnosis person and it was pretty hairy. It was, and I had some pretty deep revelations and a lot of times, you know, when you do these past life regressions, because you know, you've lived thousands of lives. I always ask to see the one that I need to see that's going to help me the most right now. And uh, so that is something that, you know, if, if you do it, seek out someone who knows what they're doing if you want to do something like that. But, you know, if you want to do a guided meditation to go to sleep at night or a guided meditation because, you know, your back hurts or things like that, all of that helps develop your abilities because you are using your third eye whenever you are listening to a guided meditation and they're saying, you know, walk through the floor and try to stay with it. Try not to go ahead, you know, because your mind will want to go ahead you know, walk down this path and just stay on the path. Don't try to go ahead, you know, and so you're walking on the path. And they say, now, you know, you've come to this clearing, walk through the clearing. Try to stay with it and try to visualize because that is what is helping you to develop. Um, Your third eye is practicing in that way because it's all visual. And so learning to follow those guided meditations can really be beneficial. So anyway, um, it really bothered me, like I, like I was saying, I've said that three times now, but ultimately, it doesn't matter, okay? 
it doesn't really matter when you're first getting started. As long as you know, and of course you want to start every every practice that you do, you want to start by protecting yourself and saying, I only work with people in the light. No one of darkness or with ill intent is allowed in this space at this time or ever. And I only want help from those who have my highest good in mind. So if you start everything that you do with, with that, you know you're working with the good. And even the most experienced and famous of channelers will tell you that it doesn't really matter if you know the name of the person that you're working with in the beginning. Not important. As long as it feels good and you don't feel threatened, it's okay. Because you're just developing your abilities. You're learning to listen to people who have, you know, spirits who have good advice for you. So um, don't worry about that right now if you're, if you're new at this. And then a lot of times people think, well, aren't spirits dangerous? Well, they can be. I mean, they can be. That's not a lie. But you always want to just make sure that it feels right to you and, you're, and that you're not asking, you know, you're, you're making sure that you keep everything in the light. And one of the things, and I don't want to step on anybody's toes, I was, I was raised Catholic, I was raised Christian, I still work with Jesus and Mary every single day, but Christianity demonized all spirits, no compromise allowed. And to be a Christian meant to deny other competing spirits, and to fail to do so was a sin, and the price was burning in hell. So as Christianity became a world power, this doctrine was carried over all the earth. And people were taught that spirits who they had previously venerated had, in fact, tricked and fooled them. So they were taught that, you know, if you listen to a spirit, they're going to trick you and fool them. And the church didn't deny that spirits delivered favors, but interpreted these gifts as containing deceptive, hidden costs, hellfire, and damnation. And that all that these spirits were trying to do was get you to sell your soul to them. And... I just read that little excerpt out of the Encyclopedia of Spirits by Judica I-L-L-E-S. So we know that, you know, many things have been changed. And I won't go into all of that religious aspect at this time. But spirits do not want your soul. That's not what they're after. They want to work with you. They want to help you. They want to guide you. And in return, they want you to honor them. And so no different than you walking into whatever church that you belong to, if you belong to a church or if you were raised in a church with the statues of all of the different um, religious leaders, um, whether it, you know, was Jesus or Buddha or. Just like in Catholicism, you know, because we have like the saints, we have St. Anthony, St. Christopher, I could go down the line for that. So it's not just about seeing a statue of Buddha or seeing a statue of Jesus. Like there are plenty of other um, religious sects, so to speak, that um, they have other people that are approved for you to come help you, but they're only approved in that religion. But right. other than that, like every other spirit, everything else is bad. So I always thought that was kind only of funny. Say it's okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Only if we approve. Yeah, because I'm like you. Like, I was raised in Christianity and Catholicism for the most part before I started branching out on my own. And I was like, okay, like, I'm not supposed to pray anybody else for Jesus, but if I'm traveling, I pray to St. Christopher for safe passage. If I lost something, I need to reach out to St. Anthony. 
and it was always very comforting to me. I still, I still love working with saints. Um, St. Catherine um, was a really big one that came in later in life for me. And, um, yeah, I mean, I just find it funny that Christianity was like, nope, not at all. But then Catholicism's like, well, we have saints. You know, they did they did a good right, job. Exactly. So, you know, so everybody has, like, their little, like, loopholes to, like, the original, like, Constantine <laughs> book is what you could kind of think of it. Um, so I just think that's funny to point out because, like, there are people that, they really are like, no, you can only like pray to this and do this, which there are. So like what I found in my research is there are false gods and there was, um, 12 commandments that used to be taught like AD BC type stuff. And the one that was taken out was you do not pray to B A A L, um, which would have been like the original darkness. Yes. Like, even, like, way before the devil. And I believe that that was taken out and replaced with the devil. So then we could create the um, you do it right or you go to hell narrative completely. But there, you're right. There are dark spirits out there. There are things that you do have to watch out for. Protection is a big thing. But um, it's all about intention, right? I mean, as I said earlier, Glenda the Good Witch... She wanted to do good. She wanted to serve humanity and be good. And then we had the Wicked Witch of the West where Glinda and the Wicked Witch of the West, they used the same herbs from the same forest, but they had completely different intents for them, which is where the light and the dark came into play in this separation between, oh, that's light magic and that's dark magic. If you needed just a definition of dark magic, it's anything that takes another person's free will away. So even for me, like if I know I have a friend that's hurting, I'm not going to do Reiki on them from a distance because you don't have their consent to work on their energy body. But I am going to go up to the source, the creator, and I'm going to pray for them. And I'm going to say, hey, I know this person's going through a difficult time. Please send my love to them from you for me. I do not want to go against anybody's free will. But I know this person, they're heavy on my heart and they're heavy on my mind. And I'm not going to carry this around with me all day. So I always place them on an altar in my mind and I send that back up to Source to do Source's job. Awesome. Awesome. I love that. I love it a lot. Mm-hmm. So just kind of in, in, in wrapping up, you know, if you in, in this respect, if you are wanting to work more, you know, with, with spirit guides, you need to think about the signs that you're seeing. So if I see a hawk, okay, whenever I'm driving, if I see a hawk, that is my sign to put my phone down or put my book down or pull my head out of whatever I'm looking at and pay attention to the road. And there are guides that work with the hawk, all right, and you can look up, you know, what certain colors, what certain days of the week, what certain animals, everything is a sign from a spirit. And so when things happen in your life you and you recognize something is attached to whatever just happened, you go look that up. You find out what is that sign and who is the spirit behind that. And then you thank them, you pay homage to them. And so there is a lot of stuff out there that you can just research and research and research. 
And it's very, very important if you want to continue to have support from them to honor them and to thank them just the same as you would any, you know, any other thing that you, that you pray to, um, if you will, if use those words. So one of the things that people talk about is leaving um, gifts. All right. So what this, this is kind of confusing when you first hear people talk about leaving gifts for their spirit guides or for the, you know, anything that provides them with, with some good intention and helps them along their path. So you're like, okay, so I'm supposed to leave them food on the altar, but then like, how long do I leave it there? What am I supposed to do with it? And so really what they want is they want the fact that it's the intention. All right. You do put it there. You do put it there. So if I, if I work with Jesus and I have like, I have like, I collect vintage pictures of Jesus because I am a healer and Jesus, I consider was the greatest hands-on healer that ever walked the earth, even though some people say, how can you do this work and still have pictures of Jesus? I'm like, because he was a great healer, right? Doesn't yes. mean that I have abandoned all things, right? Mm-hmm. So if I have my pictures of Jesus and I have asked him to help me with something, maybe I'm doing a very difficult healing session and I really want his help. So I'm going to leave a gift for him. And I'm going to say, here, I'm leaving you this, this bread and this wine because I know you love this bread and this wine. I'm not just going to leave it and expect it to disappear. It's the essence of the bread and the wine that he wants. So then once I have left it for even maybe till I finish the meal, then I can take it and I can consume it because he has enjoyed the essence of it. Or I can take it out and feed it to the animals and give it back to the earth. So that gets really confusing. They also really love when you burn incense or use oils that are the scents that they enjoy. And so you can look up the the spirits that you're working with. They are giving you messages that you are working with them when you see pictures of them or images of them or you hear their name or you keep seeing a certain animal or you keep seeing a certain sign and you look it up and you find out, oh, this is associated with this goddess or this saint or this whichever thing, you know, because everyone subscribes to something different, you know. So hopefully that is a little bit helpful on that. There's so much more, but more than anything, again, it's the intention and the gratitude. Every single time something good happens in my life, I just look up and say, thank you. And as long as you are giving them gratitude, if nothing else, they will continue to support you. That is such a great way to just end the whole lesson. Mucho perfecto. Big perfection. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me as your soundboard on this. I appreciate it. Oh, I, I love, love it. You've been with me from the beginning of my what the fuck is going on. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just glad that we're still we're still together doing this. And um, again, like like I said, I've, I've worked with you in in many ways. Um, and for anybody that wants a trusted guide to help them tap into that, I highly recommend Chantel's program. Um, I will link all of her information below for anybody that wants to get in contact with her more. 
And um, honestly, like I would just follow all of her social media anyways, because she's got a lot of things coming out of the woodworks in the next couple years that you might want to be a part of. So um, Chantel, thank you again for coming. And definitely, I'm sure we have plenty of info episodes down the road for us to come back on and talk to each other about. Yes, fantastic. Love to talk about anything, especially with you. Oh, I know. I love it. But hey, you know me. I'm the, got to wrap up with some music, right? So uh, my buddy Neovi just dropped a new album the other day without any idea that it was coming out. I looked and there it was. So I picked a track called Karma off of his new album, Dusk, that just dropped off. So I've got about a minute over here for you. Vitality Exposed is going to bring this clip to you. Don't forget to go give her page a like. Most beautiful concert photography on the planet. And I'm not just saying that because she's a dear friend of mine. I'm saying it because she makes you feel like you're there when you look at her photos. So head on over, click the links below, check out all my other sponsors, and we'll see you on the another the next episode. Yes, that's what I wanted to say. <laughs> Love you, Chantel. I'll talk to you soon. Love you. This is the Hoosier Media Network, your home for podcasting.